0: 54th World Series is about to be played. The eyes of the baseball world are focused on the old familiar setting of Yankee Stadium. It's the 23rd World Series for the Yankees, American League champions, but their first against the mighty Braves from Milwaukee. These are the colorful minutes before the rival champions, Fitzgill and Power, in the race for the four victories which will decide the world title. Photographers are having a field day with Casey Stengel and newcomer Fred Haney, manager of the Braves. Stengel has brought the Yankees into this October show eight times in nine seasons. There's an air of expectancy on the Yankee bench while the Braves go through their warm-ups. Baseball Commissioner Ford Frick greets Fred Fox of Cincinnati, the American Legion's Junior Player of the Year. Mickey Mantle of the Yankees and Hank Aaron of the Braves reflect the power of these postseason antagonists. Rooting for the Braves will be Horace Stoneham, president of the New York Giants, who have transferred their franchise to San Francisco for 1958. Ed Whitey Ford, a World Series veteran, will start for the Yankees. He won 11 and lost five this season, coming strong in the final weeks. It's an all-Southpaw duel with 36-year-old Warren Spahn, a 21-game winner during the season. Umpires and managers gather in the traditional pre-game huddle. The Yankees take the field and another World Series is on. On Ford's second pitch, Chain Deans goes out on a high hopper to Andy Carey for the first play of the series. duel as Matthews walks with one out in the fourth. Aaron, who hit 44 homers during the season, singles to right, and Matthews pulls up at third. But there's still no score when Big Joe Adcock bounces into a double play started by Gil McDougall. Jerry Coleman stirs the crowd when he opens the Yankee fifth with a single to left. Bond tosses out rookie Tony Kubik as Coleman moves to second. Johnny Logan comes in and throws out four. Coleman takes third. Hank Bauer wastes no time. He drives Spawn's first pitch deep into right center and it bounces against the wall, 407 feet from the plate. Coleman comes home with the game's first run. The Yankees are leading one to nothing, as Elston Howard singles over second with one away in the sixth. Pass from Spawn, the Yogi Berra follows. Manager Haney comes out to calm his pitcher. Carey drives a single to center. Darrah beats Hank Aaron Stroh to third as Howard scores for a 2 0 Yankee lead. Manager Haney calls in relief pitcher Ernie Johnson. The missing on a swing, squeeze Bunch to Johnson, who throws him out at first while Behrer romps home with the Yankees' third run on a perfectly executed play. 69,476 fans are attending sports' greatest spectacle as Wes Covington opens the Milwaukee seventh with a double to left, his second hit and only the fourth or fourth. With two away, Red Shande singles to center, and Covington scores the Braves' first run of the series. Now the score is three to one. Only Crandall stands between Ford and Victory. It's all over when the Milwaukee catcher flies to mantle. The Yankees win three to one. This was a masterful five-hitter for Whitey Ford, his fifth World Series victory. It's another perfect autumn day for the second game of the World Series in Yankee Stadium. A grim manager, Haney, tells reporters how he hopes to even things with the Yankees, while Casey Stengel poses with Whitey Ford, whose victory yesterday put the Braves one down. Owner Lou Perini of the Braves is on hand to root for his club, as our club president, Joe Carnes, and general manager, John Quinn. Here's Warren Giles, president of the National League, with his son, 2nd Lieutenant William Giles of the Air Force. Veterans Yogi Berra and Jerry Coleman had a big hand in putting the American League champions out in front. Little Bobby Shantz, an 11-game winner during the season, will try to baffle the Braves in his World Series debut. Lou Burdett, a native of Nitro, West Virginia, hopes to dynamite the Yankees. He, too, is making his first series appearance. During the season, Burdett won 17 and lost nine and now we're ready for the second game Hank Aaron opens the Milwaukee second with the drive to center and the ball goes over Mickey Mantle's head for a triple Adcock singles to right center, and Aaron comes home with the game's first run. When Mantle fumbles, Adcock slides safely into second base. Burdette walks slaughter with one out in the Yankee second. single left by Kubek sends the old campaigner to third base. Burdett hops over for Coleman's pop roller, but there's no play. Slaughter scores the tying run, and Coleman gets a single. Now Bobby Shantz is up, and he connects. West Covington races back desperately and robs Chance of an extra base hit with a dazzling catch. With one out in the Milwaukee third, Johnny Logan belts one. Lauder leaps for the ball, but it's a homer, and the Braves lead two to one. Bauer leads off in the Yankee third. And the score is tied for the second time on his homer into the lower left field seat. Hank has now hit safely in nine successive World Series games. the Braves fourth with a single elect. left. Andy Patco singles to the same area on the next pitch. Covington's attempted sacrifice bunt is foul. He swings and it's a single into short left center. Abbot scores and Papco plunges headfirst into third. Papco scores and the Braves are in front four to two as Slaughter's throw bounces past Kubek into the Milwaukee dugout. Burdett carries the four to two lead into the ninth with one away. Kubeck singles to right. Then with two out, Elston Howard, that's for Bob Grimm. Logan makes a great stop of the ball back a second, but it's a hit. Dangerous Hank Bauer grounds to Logan, whose throw to Shane Dean's wraps up the 4-2 victory. The triumphant Burdett is cheered wildly by his teammates as the series is squared in one game each. And now it's on to Milwaukee. This is Milwaukee, home of the Braves. This is the day fulfilling the dreams, which started when the Braves came to Milwaukee in 1953. This is the city, and this is the stadium, beautiful multi-million dollar county stadium, where the Braves have thrilled 10,225,356 spectators in five seasons, an all-time National League turnstile record. Today, in a holiday atmosphere, the Braves and the Yankees battle in the third game of this 1957 World Series. The fans are coming early. Their heroes are challenging the Yankees, who've won 17 World Championships, all since 1921. Now the Milwaukee Braves are on the prowl for Yankee scouts. Manager Haney is proud of West Covington and Lou Burdett, whose great plays sparked victory in the second game. Aaron, 23-year-old Brave star, chats with newsmen. Upstairs in the open-air press box, hundreds of thousands of words will be sent to newspapers from coast to coast. Today's pitchers are two strong-armed right-handers, Bob Buell of the Braves and Bob Turley of the Yankees. Haney points out special ground rules to Casey Stendhal and the umpires. The huge crowd roars its backing as the Braves run to their position. With one out in the Yankee first inning, Tony Kubek, a Milwaukee boy, lashes the first pitch to right, and Bob Hazel's leap is futile as the ball drops over the screen for a home run. Buell loses control, walking Mickey Mantle and Yogi Berra. Fuel's pickoff throw at second base is wild. After colliding with Shane Deitz, Mantle races to third and Bearer to second on the error. Aaron speeds back for Gil McDougall's drive, going to his knees as he feels the sacrifice fly which scores Mantle and puts Bearer on third. Simpson singles off Shane Dean's glove and it's 3-0 as Bearer comes home. Manager Haney decides it's time for a change and calls in Juan Pizarro, 19-year-old rookie pitcher from Puerto Rico. The inning is over and Jerry Lumpy flies to Hazel. After Hazel walks at the start of the Milwaukee second, Del Rice singles past Curley. With one man out, Hazel takes third in a wild pitch. And scores when Chain Dean singles. When Matthews walks to fill the bases with two out, Casey Stengel calls in Don Larson to protect the 3-1 to lead. The crisis is over when Aaron lifts a fly to Hank Bauer. In two innings, the Braves have left six on the bases. The Yankees now are leading 5-1 to as Gene Connolly faces Mantle in the fourth with Kubek on first and one out. There's no doubt where this one's going and the American League champs increase their edge to seven to one on the homer. It's number nine for Mickey in World Series play. After Logan starts the Braves fifth with a single. Aaron lines a home run over the right field screen. And now the score is seven to three. It's a rough seventh inning for the Braves Bob Trowbridge. With two men already in, Larson and Bauer are on base, when Quebec belts his second homer. That puts the Yankees ahead 12 to three. The Braves still are trying in the ninth, and for the fourth time in the game, have the bases filled. With two out, Crandall takes a third strike, and it's a 12-3 Yankee victory. The Milwaukee followers in the crowd of 45,804 have little to cheer about today, but they'll be back tomorrow. For the second time in this World Series, the Braves trail by a game, but they'll be striving to even it up today at two and two in this Wisconsin baseball wonderland. It will be Warren Spahn on the mound for the Braves, Tom Sturdivant for the Yankees. Will Harridge, president of the American League, and members of his office staff, our old hands are cheering for the Yankees. Gabe Paul, vice president and general manager of the Cincinnati Redlegs, and Walter O'Malley, president of the Dodgers, who will move to Los Angeles in 1958, are in the Braves' corner. Rookie Tony Kubek and Mickey Mantle, whose homers helped whip the Braves in the third game, will be aiming for the fences again. Charlie Keller, Jim Turner, and Frankie Crosetti of Casey Stengel's coaching staff are World Series veterans. This is Crosetti's 17th series as player or coach, an all-time record. The crafty spawn was beaten in the World Series opener. This is Sturdivant's first appearance in this series. He beat the Dodgers last year 6-2. The preliminaries are over. The fourth game is underway. With the Yankees leading one to nothing, Johnny Logan opens the Braves fourth with a walk. Eddie Matthews, hitless in the series, slams the ball off the right field fence, a double. Logan races to third, and the fans go into a frenzy. And this brings up Hank Aaron. Dubeck goes back, back, but the ball clears the left field screen, and the Braves have spurted into a 3-1 lead. One away, Frank Torrey resumes the onslaught. It's a home run. Torrey's first of his career in County Stadium. Now the Braves are in front, four to one. A Yankee threat in the seventh ends when Logan starts a double play on Elston Howard's grounder. Warren Spawn is only one out away from a four to one victory as Yogi Berra comes up to the plate in the ninth. Berra delays the finish by lining Spawn's first pitch to right for a single. Victory yells again are delayed when Gil McDougall singles over Shandy's club. Berra stops at second. There's a hush over the stadium as manager Haney talks to his pitcher and decides to keep him in. The fans roar their approval. The count is three and two on Howard. Now spawn is one strike from victory. But there goes the ball over the left field screen. Howard follows Barron McDougal across the plate. The score is now tied at four and four after a typical Yankee rally. away in the Yankee tent. Kubek beats out a hit to Shane Dean. Hank Aaron dashes desperately in the left center, but it's a triple for Hank Bauer. Kubek scores, and the Yankees go ahead five to four. It's a glory hit for Bauer, running his series streak to 11 games, and this is Milwaukee's darkest hour. After this sudden turn, the Yankees are three outs from their third victory. As the Braves' tenth opens, Nippy Jones bats for spawn and pulls away from Burns' first pitch. Was he hit on the foot? Nippy wins the argument and Felix Mantilla runs for him. Bob Grimm is the fifth Yankee pitcher. Second and a sacrifice by Shandy. Logan cracks a double to left and Mantilla scores. The Braves have fought back into a five-to-five tie, chasing the gloom from County Stadium. Eddie Matthews at the plate, and he connects, Hank Bauer moves back, but the ball is out of reach, a home run, and a 7-5 Milwaukee victory. It was nothing new for Eddie, as he had hit 32 homers during the 1957 season. Matthews Homer has evened the series at 2-2, and his teammates give Eddie a hero's welcome. The scrappy Milwaukee Braves and their courageous left-hander Warren Spahn have turned what looked like a heartbreaking defeat into a great victory. Early arrivals to give Milwaukee moral and vocal support for the critical fifth game are Mrs. Fred Haney, wife of the manager of the Braves, and their daughter. Haney joins them for a brief chat. Nippy Jones gleefully shows bystanders just where the ball struck him on the shoe to start yesterday's 10th inning rally. Still relishing the triumph are the home run slugging hero Eddie Matthews and the winning pitcher Warren Spahn. Also, Frank Torrey and Johnny Logan who made other vital contributions toward the victory that evened the series. General Manager George Weiss and co-owner Del Webb have confidence in their Yankees. Vice President and General Manager Joe Cronin of the Red Sox is also present. Others in the American League rooting section are two Detroit representatives, Johnny McHale, general manager, and John Fetzer, chairman of the board. For this important fifth game, Stengel and Haney call on two poised veterans, Whitey Ford and Lou Burdett, each of whom already has registered one victory in the series. The crowd is tense as the game gets underway. Gil McDougall launches the Yankee fourth with a long smash to left field. It looks like a home run, but there goes Covington racing back. He spears the ball as he crashes into the fence, and somehow he holds onto it, even though he is pitched heavily to the ground. Derr is safe when Adcock fumbles his grounder, and the pressure is on Burdett again. It mounts when Slaughter follows with a single to left. That brings Simpson to the plate. He sends a high bouncing smash towards Matthews to start another double play that suddenly wipes out the Yankee threat. Ford, meanwhile, is matching Burdett pitch for pitch in a bristling mound duel. In the brave sixth, Ford quickly retires the first two men And then Matthews, with a final burst of speed, beats out a high-bounding grounder to Jerry Coleman. Aaron pushes the short fly to right field, and it falls between Coleman and the charging Hank Bauer for a single that sends Matthews to third base. It's the first time a runner has reached third in the sizzling pitcher's battle. Hadcock strides to the plate. On the second pitch, he lines a single to right field, and Matthews scores to give Milwaukee a 1-0 lead. It's a slim edge, and the Yankees threaten it immediately when Barrow opens the Yankees' seventh with a single. And that brings up Slaughter, who already has two hits. But this time, the ageless veteran slaps the ball directly at Logan, and for the third time, a double play ruins the Yankees. Now it's the ninth inning, and the score is still one to nothing. Power is the first to face Burdette. He strikes out on a sidearm curve. Next is Tony Kubek. Burdette takes his time on just three pitches. Kubek also is a strikeout victim, spanning on a low fastball. Burdett needs only one more out to wrap up the victory as he faces McDougall. But McDougal singles and the Yankee hopes remain alive. The crowd stirs with apprehension. Advancing to the plate is the dangerous Yogi Berra. Only Burdett seems unconcerned, going through his usual ritual of rubbing the ball, tugging on his cap, and touching the rosin bag. He tosses the first pitch in on Barra's fist and Yogi squibs a little pop-up to Matthews. And it's all over. The Braves win one to nothing. Matthews hands the ball to Burdett before his Milwaukee teammates come swarming in to congratulate the winning pitcher. The victory is a big one for the Braves, giving them a three to two edge. Milwaukee fans are in a gay mood as they pour out of the ballpark. The two-hour planning time of game five was the shortest for series competition since 1948. The World Series returns to New York for the sixth game. Victory is a must for the Yankees today in their defense of the World Championship. In an effort to deadlock the series at three all, manager Stengel calls on his fireballer, Bob Turley. Manager Haney of the Braves counters with another fastballer, Bob Buell. George Troutman, president of the National Association, which includes all minor leagues, finds the cast of the series drama very familiar. All the managers, coaches, and players, with the exception of one Milwaukee bonus baby, graduated from the minor leagues. Owner Arnold Johnson of the Kansas City Athletics, looking at the talent on the field, is an interested spectator. And here are a trio of Braves who were the key men in yesterday's one to nothing triumph. Del Crandall, Lou Burdette, and Joe Adcock, who drove in the lone run. Here come the Yankees charging out of their dugout, and the sixth game is underway. With two out in the Yankee third, Buell loses control and walks Slaughter. Then he makes his first pitch to Barra, too good. And Yogi slams the ball into the right field stand for his 10th World Series home run. Scoring Slaughter ahead of him and giving the Yankees a 2-0 lead. McDougall keeps the rally going when he beats out a hit to Mantilla. Yule appears upset. He walks lumpy. Manager Haney strolls to the mound and calls for Ernie Johnson, his ace relief hurler. Johnson walks leisurely in from the left field bullpen while the dejected jewel heads for the dugout. Johnson checks the rally in a hurry as Harry Simpson strikes out. With one out in the Milwaukee fourth, Matthews hammers a double to right center, and the Braves have a man in scoring position for the first time. Hurley retires Aaron a grounder to Coleman, and Matthews moves to third. Then Covington fouls out to Jerry Lumpy, and the Yankees are out of trouble. In the Milwaukee fifth, Frank Torrey, the leadoff batter, works the count to three and two, and then smashes the home run into the right field stand. It quickly cuts the Yankee lead in half at two to one. From that point, Curley retires the next six Braves without a ball being hit out of the infield. Then Hank Aaron comes to the plate to open the seventh. Curley falls behind on a 3-1 count. He fires a fastball and Aaron rockets a terrific drive. 430 feet into the bullpen and left center. It travels so fast that Slaughter has time to take only a few steps backward before the ball streaks over his head. With that blast, third homer of the series for Aaron. The Braves tie the score at two and two. With one away in the Yankee 7th, Hank Bauer comes to bat, hoping for the hit that would tie a World Series record of batting safely in 13 consecutive games. And he gets it on a drive that hounds off the screen that lines the inside of the left field foul pole. It's a home run that sends the Yankees ahead 3-2. In the Yankee 8th, Don McMahon is on the mound for the Braves. Barra greets the Milwaukee Relief Man with a double, a put inside third base. McDougal catches a sign from Coach Presetti at third and promptly sacrifices on the first pitch as the Yankees endeavor to push across an entrance run. Lumpy then lifts a fly to Covington in left field. And here comes Dara trying to score. Covington's throw is high and a little wide, but Bill Rice makes a beautiful play, diving to tag out Dara. That leaves Turley with a bare one-run lead to protect as he faces Matthews in the ninth. Walks him on four straight balls and the tying run is on base. The menacing Aaron is next. Curley suddenly reverses himself and fans hammering Hank on three pitches. The Milwaukee Star taking the third strike. West Covington is up. Curley gets two quick ball strikes on him. And then Covington bounces the ball directly back at Turley. And Gill relays to first for a double play. The Yankees win 3-2, to two, and the series is tied at three games each. For the third straight year, the World Series goes to a full seven games for a decision. This was a typical Yankee victory, an emerging of power and superb four-hit pitching by Turley. Yogi Berra has now played more World Series games than anyone in history. Today's game was his 53rd. Once again, the World Series comes to a sudden-death finish. This is it. The 1957 Baseball Champion of the World will be crowned today. Casey Stengel of the Yankees calls on Don Larsen, the big right-hander, who hurled the first perfect game in World Series history on the same Yankee Stadium scene last year. Once again, it will be Lou Burdette. Twice he has vanquished the Yankees. The big question in the showdown battle is can Burdett win again after only two days rest? The huge crowd, including all the top officials of the major league, eagerly awaits the action. And the most important game of the 1957 season is underway. After Larson retires the Braves in order in the first inning, Bauer opens the Yankee half with a double. It's the 14th consecutive World Series game in which Bauer has hit safely to establish a new record. With one out in the Milwaukee third, Bob Hazel slaps a single to left. Logan then grounds to Quebec, who fires to Coleman at second base. The throw to second is high and wide. It pulls Coleman off the bag. Nevertheless, he goes on through with a pivot throw to first base, but both runners are safe. Matthews slams a double down the right line It bounces around the curve of the stand and both Hazel and Logan race home for the first runs of the game. Casey Stengel summons Bobby Shan to replace Larson in a desperate effort to stifle the Braves' rally. First man to face him is Hank Aaron. And Hank singles to center, scoring Matthews. Next is Covington. And Chance works carefully until the count goes to three and two. Then Covington singles, sending Aaron to third. Frank Torrey grounds to Coleman, and Aaron scores as Covington is forced at second base. Mantia flies deep to Bauer to end the uprising. The Braves have tallied four runs to take a 4-0 lead score remains unchanged through the seventh inning as Burdett methodically mows down the Yankees with his baffling assortment of breaking pitches. On the other hand Tommy Byrne is the fifth Yankee hurler at the start of the eighth. After two out Byrne falls behind on Crandall and when the count goes to three and two Yell smashes a home run into the left field stand. Florida narrowly misses the ball as he leaps for it at the railing and that makes Milwaukee's lead Five to nothing. <laughs> Burdett still has his shutout as he faces Barrett to open the ninth. Barrett swings at the first pitch and hops. Tory. McDougal keeps flickering New York hopes alive when he singles to center. They fade when Quebec plunges at the first pitch and flies to errors. Only to Brighton again when Coleman punches a single in the right field moving McDougal to second. Burn the pitchers up next and Stengel makes no change because Tommy is a good hitter. He slashes a hit off the second baseman's glove. Pantilla's spectacular diving stop keeps the ball from going through and scoring a run. But the bases are now loaded, and the New York followers are in an uproar, visioning a typical last-minute Yankee triumph. Burdett is only one out away from victory, but still barring the door is the muscular Bill Scourin. Playing Scourin as a pull hitter, Matthews has moved a bit nearer the foul line. Burdett fires. And Scarn hits a terrific drive down the third baseline. Matthews makes a miraculous backhanded stab of the ball. Races to third for a force out of McDougal. Continues running, in bounding leaps towards Burdette. Crandall arrives at the same time. In their exuberance, they do a bear hug dance. Before they are suddenly swarmed under by a horde of hysterical Braves. And the Milwaukee Braves are the new world champions with a five to nothing victory. Burdette is the man of the hour as hilarity continues in the clubhouse. No one pitcher ever before has beaten the Yankees three times in a World Series. And the veteran right-hander is the first pitcher to win two shutouts in a series since Christy Mathewson did it three times in 1905. The Braves hurry through their clubhouse celebration in order to rush to the airport for the plane that will take them back home. Meanwhile, it's like New Year's Eve in Milwaukee. The fans overrun the airport to give the Braves a tumultuous salute as they arrive within a few hours after the game. In just five years since the Braves moved west from Boston, they have won a world championship. The wild acclaim that greets manager Fred Haney and the Braves is proof once again that baseball still is the great national pastime. Let's join in the pleasure and excitement See a ball game often. Follow your local team. It's fun for the entire family.